business owners? Do you want an unfair advantage over your competitors? Do you want to dominate in your area of expertise? You are listening to Business Life Hacks. Learn to influence consumer psychology and shortcut your way to business success with tips, tricks, and hacks from award-winning digital agency, J Marketing. Okay, today we're gonna to talk about um, SEO in the greater form of the word. And what that means is rankings on Google that may or may not be earned. Like, is the top rated thing always the best? And is it a, are you able to hack those rankings? This is really relevant to business owners. And it's a really topical dis discussion for is SEO ethical in the first place? Now, Dan, you had a couple of ideas around this already, didn't you? Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the main thing that I was uh, thinking about that that's, come onto my mind several times over the last couple of years since I saw the story is the story about a guy who got his restaurant listed uh, at number one on TripAdvisor. It's the number one restaurant out of London, which of course has many Michelin star restaurants and some of the, the best chefs in the world, some of the most famous uh, restaurants in the world. I think Gordon Ramsay has a restaurant uh, in, Lum in London. And this guy, he got his restaurant to number one on TripAdvisor, but his restaurant did not exist. Uh, a fake business. Yeah, totally. Do they, have a, do they have a premise or a, like a sign on the wall? No, no sign on the wall. No physical sign. They specifically didn't want anyone to find this place because it's just literally his backyard. It's the shed behind his house. And... Um, First, but I just wanted to, you're Australian. How would you say the word D-U-L-W-I-C-H? Uh, I spend a lot of time in, in England, so it's Dulwich. Dulwich. Yeah. How, how would you say the word S-A-N-D-W-I-C-H? <laughs> Sandwich. Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely absurd. <laughs> I reject that outright. So... Um, well, we won't go too far down that rabbit warren because I only found out I always knew Americans said aluminum, not aluminium. What I didn't realize was that you actually spell it aluminum and we spell, we spell it differently. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I actually thought that you were pronouncing something that wasn't there. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> I hear people say aluminium and I'm like, there's, it's N-U-M. That's not neum. Unless, yeah, you're, unless yeah. you have an Enya or something. Um, so, yeah, an Enya. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a likely thing in English. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the, it's, this restaurant was called the, the Shed It. I'll, I'll cater to our American audience. You cater to the, to the British audience. The, the Shed It Dulwich. And um, so he was, this guy, he, he had that job, like, of being someone who would kind of hack TripAdvisor. So people would pay him some money, he would make some realistic reviews and, and, and post them on there to get people's ratings up on TripAdvisor. And, uh, and this guy, he's pretty cynical. He's a little, I'm, I'm kind of more optimistic about the, the message from this story than he is. Um, but his opinion was that everything on TripAdvisor is fakeable. And, uh, 
And one day he's like, I wonder if I can actually fake the restaurant itself too. And so he got, um, he took a bunch of photos of like food, but in reality it was like dish detergent pucks that he covered in honey and, uh, and just like made it look nice and cool. And so he put it up on TripAdvisor. He got, um, I think he wrote a bunch of reviews and he got other people to post them, I think. And did this for long enough. After about three months, he was rising in the rankings of restaurants in London. And at one point, a PR agency ended up calling him and being like, yeah, we, we heard a lot about the Shedded Dole at, at Dulwich. And uh, we really want to represent you guys. And they had this you know, phone call talking about you know, what kind of strategies they can do to really make uh, <laughs> the shed pop up. And I don't think the guy hired him, but he had the phone call. And so then people start calling more and more and more, wanting to get a spot at the shed at Dulwich. Uh, but they just say, oh, no, we're, uh, we're actually full on that day. We can't take you. And then people are calling for like, you know, seven months ahead of time. And uh, they're like, no, we don't have any tables. Then yeah, we're booked up for the next uh, six, seven months or so. <laughs> and uh, so it, it, it goes like this and they're to the point where they're getting hundreds of calls and, you know, hundreds and hundreds of calls every week. And then eventually they get to the number one spot. It took them about six months to get to the number one spot and people are clamoring for their spot at the Shed at Dulwich. So then one day they end up having their, uh, they have like a press day. And so they weren't gonna charge anyone, but they were actually gonna invite people in. So they uh, they do up his backyard to look like kinda, kinda nice. They put some real chickens in his shed <laughs> with the idea like at a fancy restaurant you go and like pick which lobster you want. They were like, you can go and pick which chicken you <laughs> you want. So they made it a, they had a, a restaurant for a day. Yeah. They had a restaurant for a day. They, cool. didn't, they didn't charge anybody. Um, so yeah. just then the, the topics for our guys at home who are interested in, in the digital side of things, uh, how hackable SEO is and also what, what role, um, demand or treat a mean keeping keen the psychology of of the sales process have played a role in getting it to number one right yeah exactly so i'm i'm curious about about your thoughts about this um my thoughts are for me the lesson is that you really should be putting in a lot of effort into building up your reviews, building up your social presence and the way people perceive you online. Um, I don't think it needs to be as cynical as like, all right, everything is fake. Nothing matters. Uh, we live in, in a nihilist world and we're just going to uh, pay a bunch of people to make fake services. Because to me, that's not really sustainable. Because if you, yeah. if you don't actually provide a good service that people would want to review highly, your business is going to fall apart eventually. Um, like uh, there's going to come a day when the jig is up. Um, but then 
I find a lot of people go too far on the other end when they're like, you know, we're just going to let our work speak for itself. We're not going to worry about like perception and, you know, social media. I think especially people my age, there's a lot of like anti-social media bias and people kind of go too far in the other direction. I think it's important to have a good service that people would want to review highly, but you want to get as much juice out of that as possible and actually contact those people, have processes in place to invite people to be reviewing uh, the service and really giving, trying to build that up as much as possible because it does make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. And even people that say our work will speak for itself, what they're really saying is we'll give such a good service, people will review us to their friends and refer us to their friends. That's a review. Yeah. So all they're doing is they, they might feel a little bit shy about asking people to put it in specific places. That really, I think the overriding elements, and this will probably permeate through all of our uh, conversations, is psychology. It's the psychology of how are people influenced? Like, does your opinion, if your opinion is on a website and I see it, will that make me act? And as a business owner, how are we going to leverage that? Like, is it worth a little bit extra effort to give a discount to get your review in the first place? And if that has an impact on SEO, then that's awesome. There was a place in the best ever um, pay for comment was in New York City or at least for me anyway. I was staying down in the financial district and I jumped on to Yelp, not TripAdvisor. And I looked for the best restaurants nearby, best cheap eat restaurants. And I found this one place that was number one with a bullet near me. And I lob up and it is no more than a, a literal window in a wall. It was tiny, maybe a meter and a half wide, something like that, or a yard and a half for our US. Uh, fans and right above it was he sold burgers and chips and right above the, the window was show us your review on TripAdvisor or Yelp for a, for an upgrade to a free large fries <laughs> and it's going to take him 10 minutes anyway so of course I bang out the review yeah showed him he had so many reviews and all he'd done is a very slight hack. It probably cost him an extra cent worth of frozen potato chips. Yeah. Yeah. That's really smart. Um, so why you're the technical expert when it comes to SEO, which is what we've, we've centered this conversation around. Why are those reviews bumping you up the list of TripAdvisor, of Google, SEO of Amazon's another one wanted to talk about today. Yeah, so SEO is a, it's a complex web. So there's there's a lot of things at play that will make a site rank. Um, and Google is a bit opaque about exactly what has how much weight, but we do know that click through rate does have an impact on. Um, so yeah, click-through rate has an impact on uh, your rankings and so does engagement with people on the website. So if 
people see um here's a, a few businesses this one has 105 star reviews this one has 33 star reviews and then this one has no reviews people are much more people don't want to get ripped off and they want to feel safe with the option especially if they don't have a personal recommendation from a friend and so these reviews are kind of replacing uh, a personal recommendation from somebody that you would know so they see all right this one 100 people gave it a five-star review so they're more likely to click through on that uh, business than on the other ones um, so that gives it a certain amount of trust and google that kind of helps because Google sees, all right, more people are clicking onto this business than these other couple of businesses. So they're probably a better site. I think the other thing is that Google does know how much people are engaging with a website once they actually get onto it. So if people are converting at a really high rate on the website, then that also helps your SEO. Now there's a lot of factors that go into it. The user experience, the design of the, of the webpage uh, has a big role in it. But if someone already has in mind coming to the website that this is the highest reviewed business, then there's a, it's much more likely that they're just gonna get to that website and then fill out that form or make a phone call or do whatever that conversion point is um, rather than leave and go and look at the other options because they already saw this is the best one. This is the highest uh, reviewed one. So those that also helps your rankings. Yeah, there's a lot of sheep herd mentality there. Everyone loves to be in the mainstream. Yeah. Uh, they don't want to stand out. They definitely don't want to be the one person who was buying an ex exercise ball, for example, and bought the dud which popped on them. They want mm. the one that everyone said was okay. Interestingly, I've met a number of people over the years making a whole heap of money out of Amazon and they rely heavily on SEO for getting their listings up and fake SEO. They pay people mm. to leave positive reviews or they'll do like a, I'll review your product if you review my product thing. Hundreds and hundreds of them. And Amazon's SEO is nowhere near as complex as Google's and so those fake reviews will push things up we've got another little company thing uh, we've been working on recently and trying to source products out of Amazon and it's really interesting if you look at the reviews you can actually pick out the ones that are clearly spam because they follow the same trend lines mm. back in the early days of Google SEO there were so many little tricks like that. It's not that exactly, but similar to that, that would get you up in the rankings. And so there's actually a, a greater thought piece I saw on, maybe it was Moz or something like that the other day that was saying, is SEO ruining the internet for those reasons? Hmm. I think, I mean, that's, that's an interesting point. I, but I think that Google is getting smarter and smarter about the way that they rank sites as time goes on. So like back in the early, early days, you could get your site ranking. Um, say you wanted to rank for uh, strawberry pop tarts. Uh, you could just make a website where you just say the words strawberry pop tarts uh, 1500 times 
And then they see, all right, well, this says the strawberry Pop-Tarts more than any other website, and they would uh, put you at the top. So that was kind of the, the way that they would rank places at first. And then they, you know, they get smarter and say, okay, well, you can't just have the same word over and over. And then people, so then people make content that's kind of like, that, that's like almost language, but it's kind of just a bunch of filler language that's there to have keywords in it. And then Google started figuring, yeah, it's not so good. And then like now you kind of have to have really good, high quality content that people are actually reading and ideally sharing on social media. Um, and it needs to be coming out consistently and it needs to be around, you know, keyword, uh, keyword topics. Um, so I think as time goes on, the SEO gives more and more of a, of a realistic idea of who's, who actually deserves to be at the top. I don't know, but that's, that's my perception of it. What do you think? So, oh, sorry, Gino, I've scratching all line. So, I think you're right, but as marketers, as advertisers, there's things that we can do to, to use your terminology before, get more juice out of it. And I don't think that necessarily undermines um, the internet, I think it's just smart business ownership. Yeah. So for instance, if I was going to write a review for a business, when I write a review, one of the things I use to negotiate prices is I say, tell people I've been copywriting for 15 or 20 years or whatever for in the advertising world. And so I will write you a kick-ass review. Mm. And business owners love that, of course. But what I really mean by it is, when I write my review, I'm not just going to write, it was good, recommend this product. Because it doesn't add any depth. And in human psychology, we need to see depth, we need to see honesty, and most of all, we need to see ourselves. So I'll write a review, be it on Amazon or Google or whatever, talking about my experience and the customer that I am. And I will try to relate that to who I think the audience is. So like, uh, if I bought a, I don't know, lawnmower. This lawnmower has been excellent. It replaced the old hand push one, which used to get um, rusty and it was rusty and wouldn't do a very good job. Instead, I bought this fantastic lawnmower. I do it in less time. It uses less petrol. It does this, it does that. My life is better blah, 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 can't recommend highly enough. And if I can, I'll throw in an example about how when I went to get a service, the mechanic said, you know, this is the best one you can buy. Mm. As someone who's going to buy that, I've hit all of their major things. I've, I've put myself in, in their position of, oh yeah, I was pushing a little manual thing that was horrible. Okay, so this guy's talking my language. So I've talked about the use case. I've talked about how it now saves me time and how it saves me money and all of this. So, wow, okay, those are big ticks. Those are things I was looking for, which you can probably distill down to like quality and features and pretty basic stuff. And then finally, quoting a so-called expert, my, what did I say, the mechanic or something that yeah. I dropped it off to, then gives it even more validity. Yeah. But as a customer reading that, you go, wow, that's, yeah, that's a good reason to click through on this, this company. 
And as Google, Google's machine learning is getting more and more sophisticated with how humans actually talk and what is a good review and what is a review and the keywords associated with that. And so the more that we can encourage really good reviews for our businesses, the more it should be driving more people through. Yeah. Influencing the SEO ranking and influencing their mindset when they click through. Yeah. And it like, it kind of putting a review like that onto your, you know, Google, my business account. I think it, it also has two other influences. One is that people are much more likely to review a business that already has reviews kind of fits into that shirt that what is it? Sheep herd mentality you, uh, you mentioned before. If, if people see that a business has no reviews, it's going to be a lot harder to get that first person to, to put a review than if it has even just five or 10. Um, it also kind of, I feel like that would influence the way people write their reviews. So if say there's one review and it's, and it's written like what you just described, then the next person, as they're writing their review, they're probably because they, if they saw that review, they're probably more likely to put a little bit more thought into it rather than just, Oh yeah, really good service. They, <laughs> they kind of feel like they've, uh, they've been ex exposed as, you know, it kind of, they, it might make them feel in, a little bit inadequate to just write good, you know, so it kind of encourages people to put more thought into it. Oh, for sure. I still remember when I, uh, I used to collect as a kid for charity donations. I realized the trend really quickly that if the first few people put down their donation on my list is $2, then everyone did $2. Yeah. So I would get the first few people to put down $5, which back in the 80s and 90s was a lot of money. And it puts social pressure on people to also follow that. Yeah. You know, this is, um, you know, I'm, I'm also a musician. And uh, when I was in high school, I was a magician. Uh, and I would do, yeah, I would do magic on the street uh, or I would, you know, play music on the street. I still do from time to time. And it's, this is a very classic street performer um, trick is that in your tip jar, you don't want to be handing out an empty uh, tip jar. You hand out a tip jar that ha is like already half full of ones or maybe even throw in a 20, you know, put in a couple of fives. Uh, so then people see like, people just want to fit into that. <laughs> um, man, I remember my brother told me a story about, about this exact thing this, this kind of sheep herd mentality. He was walking down the, uh, the street in New York and he saw this saxophone player who was just killing it. And no one was stopping and, and watching this guy. And my brother, my brother just stopped and he was standing there for, for a good while, uh, really enjoying this guy's music. And then eventually like a couple more people stopped and then, uh, and then just more and more people stop until there's this huge crowd. And then there's this crowd of people like cheering this guy on. Uh, when the guy finishes, people give him a, a, a ton of money, makes a, a ton of tips. And then the whole crowd leaves at, uh, like one by one. And then my brother's still standing there. And the sax player is like, you made this happen. <laughs>
There's a, yeah, there's a fantastic video, which I was just trying to work out if we could bring up on the screen now, but I'm not sure whether we can or not. So if you're listening to this, check out, go to YouTube and type in leadership from a dancing guy. Mm. And it's a three minute video about that really happened. It's this guy at a music festival on a bank dancing like crazy, like a total weirdo. And there's a narrator talking about how this is leadership. This guy is not afraid to be a lone nut and go and do something that he believes in. Now, that guy doesn't create the momentum. The person that creates it is his friend who comes and joins in. In the middle of this festival, highly public, two of them looking like loons. Mm. But now that there's a follower, he's validated the leader. And the leader is no longer a lone nut. Now there's two people. And they call to their friends and a third person joins. Then a fourth, then a fifth, then a sixth. Now they've got momentum. And at some point, there's a tipping point where it's actually uncool to be on the outside. You need to be part of the movement. You don't want to miss out on this. Yeah. That is leadership. They talk about what is the most important thing. Yeah, the leader daring to stand out with something. In your example, that's the saxophonist just smashing it. Yeah. The person who's critical in the momentum is the first follower. And so to tie this back into our reviews, it's the validation of the product and the website that is that first follower, is that validation. Yeah. So if we bring this back to... SEO and businesses, if you were advised talking to one of your clients right now, have you got some tricks on how to elicit more reviews and better quality reviews from a company's customers? Yeah. So on the, the topic of, I was actually, I'm, I'm curious about your thoughts on, on this too. So as far as getting more reviews, the one that doesn't require you to build any processes or invest any money in any ad campaigns or emails or, or anything like that is just make a list of customers that you've had or like go through, if you have a customer list, go through that and just text them, send them a personal text. doesn't take very long and just say, Hey, really, I'd really appreciate it. If you can uh, leave us a, uh, a review helps other people find our service uh, and really uh, helps us out. And really important is just include the link that where they can click it. And then that brings up the, uh, the place where they can leave the review. If you just tell people to go find it on their own. I mean, you know, they're doing you a favor, <laughs> uh, make, make it as easy as possible for them. Uh, so that's, you can do that manually. I think, the more, and you know, just some people will, will go ahead and do that. Um, I feel like that you, that's a good place to start if you have nothing, but ideally you want something that's an actual automated process that's going to happen. So, you know, uh, a few days after someone has, uh, after you service somebody, you know, let's say you're a, a wheel repair shop, a few days after you've, they've had their service, 
you have a system where an email is automatically going to send out to that customer, um, asking them for a review, giving them a, li a link of where to, to review it. Maybe to improve the quality, you can just create a quick uh, bullet list of like the things that they should talk about. Like one, two, and three, just talk about uh, what you liked and why you liked it. Um, the speed of the service and the quality of the service, then people know what to actually put in. It's less likely someone's just going to write. It was good. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of that also in that I like playing to people's weaknesses and some people just aren't either aren't good writers or it just seems like a lot of time to give up and a lot of mental energy. Yeah. So often if I'm asking not an automated system, but if I'm asking someone for a review, uh, personal in a personalized email, I'll say, hey, if you could write something about, you know, like you said, these three points, but if you don't have time, I've actually written something for you below that you can just adjust into your words if you mm. feel it's appropriate. Yeah. People love it because all of a sudden they can't do anything wrong. They're, I've reduced the fear of right. them looking at the review, me looking at the review later on going, oh, he, he did such a crummy job. You know, yeah. I asked him for one thing. I've told them what I wanted and set the expectations. The other thing that I've found really powerful is to mention how long it's going to take them to do it. Mm, yeah. It takes like 30 seconds. If you could just do it for me, it would be fantastic. Yeah, good point. There's... When you're talking about reviews too, where are your, if you're a small business owner or any business owner for that matter, where are you recommending that they leave the reviews if they've got to prioritize them? I think to some degree, it depends on what kind of business it is, but typically it's Google is, uh, is the most important um, because you know, Google is uh, the powerhouse that does all the SEO rankings and they, uh, you know, they're going to see all that. And most people trust Google reviews more than like Facebook reviews or something. Yeah. Um, if your business, you know, if you're a restaurant, you know, Yelp, something like that is, is also going to be really important. I know, for, I don't know exactly, I don't understand the psychology happening in my own mind, but when I'm looking for restaurants, I'm looking for Yelp 100% of the time. I don't really look at the Google, the Google reviews, but you want to have both. Um, yeah, we travel. So restaurants are a funny one. Hospitality is a funny one. We travel a lot, as you know. Tuss and I have stopped using TripAdvisor for restaurant reviews altogether. Ah, you can hear. <laughs> Joys of island life in the background there. Yeah, <laughs> We've stopped using TripAdvisor because we realized that people were largely tourists and they were just raising the local McDonald's as five stars and there was just no point. It's right. really crummy meals. Um, Foursquare was big for a little while but died. Mm. Um, so now we'll look at Yelp. We'll look at like blogs, which obviously aren't reviews, but they'll yeah. give us an insight. And then we'll always measure that against the Google reviews as well. And what we're looking for is consistency. Mm -hmm. If we see that there's a hundred reviews here and a hundred reviews here and they say similar stuff. Okay. 
maybe this is the little bolt hole random find that we've been looking for. Mm -hmm. and yeah, of course, you, pictures. Pictures make a huge difference, also. You know, something you said. You know that that kind of makes me think of a different topic, which we're not going to go into this whole topic right now, but. Um, you know, forming relationships with people, with authorities in your industry, you know, for example, blogs. Um, I also travel a lot. And when I'm looking at restaurants, I am, I have, I have like a very high standard. I want something to be uh, cheap and I want it to be really good. Like I don't want to go spend money at a restaurant to have food that's about as good as I could make in my house with just, stuff in the grocery store I want it to mm -hmm. feel like I want it to really be the best quality and um, so I don't just look at reviews I look at blogs and I spend time looking at different blogs and seeing which ones like where they actually have a voice because some blogs are just meant specifically as boosters for like local businesses who are going to pay them to uh, to write about them but then some yeah. there are some blogs that I, I I really trust and if they say it's like this is the best then I, I trust that and I'll tend to go there so that doesn't apply only to restaurants if you um, if you run a yoga studio if you find people say you run a yoga studio in New York City um, I think it's important to be reaching out to people who are writing about yoga and wellness and fitness. There's a lot of bloggers. There's a lot of YouTubers. Invite them to your space. Um, invite, offer them uh, something for free or a, a discount to come in and, uh, you know, or just ask them straight up like, hey, would you be willing to, I hope you like the place. Would you be willing to uh, write about it on your blog? You know, anything like that. Forming relationships like that give you a lot of authority that helps with your SEO and it also just helps people trust your brand over others. Um, but I think yeah. that's, a, yeah. That reminds me of a restaurant owner in Australia that I knew. He basically had some guys really cheaply scrape the names and emails of a whole heap of food bloggers in, a, in Melbourne, in Australia. And he just sent them an email saying, guys, come in for a free meal on me. If you like the food, then leave us a review, but you're not under any obligation. I want this to be an honest review. Yeah. Now, some people didn't leave a review, but the vast majority did. And there was an element of social pressure. You can't get a free meal and go, oh, that was shit. Mm, yeah, That's, true. It's just not the way the world works. Um, Reprocity is, is a really important thing. So... Yeah, that was a really effective way for him to get both reviews and also get uh, write-ups on blogs and whatnot. So mm -hmm. if you Google and you're seeing that, wow, there's blogs writing about this restaurant, there's reviews on Google and Yelp and TripAdvisor and all of that, these are good reasons for the rankings to go up and really good reasons for people to pay attention to it. So yeah. five stars. Cool. All right. I think that kind of, I think we can, we can wrap it up for today. I think we've, we've covered a lot of really interesting ground. We have. So I guess what we'll say is for anyone who is watching this and did really enjoy it, 
make sure you smash the like, make sure you smash the follow. This is uh, very early on in our, our podcast. They're going to get a lot better and we're going to go into some really useful areas for business owners, things that you can do yourselves. But as always, we say, if you want to talk to the experts, come to jmarketing.agency, leave us a message. We'll be really happy to get back to you and give you a bit of advice and move you in the right direction. Dan, thank you so much for putting it all together. Really, Absolutely. Really good. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Josh. It's been a really, really interesting talk for me, and I hope everybody at home has gotten, uh, gotten some value out of it. All right. Cheers, guys.